well, guess what? If someone in my life is really, really unwell, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I, I don't care if it means I'm getting three hours sleep. I will be there at the hospital and sit there even though I'm doing nothing to help medically. I will sit there and then I'll go and I'll sleep for three hours and then I'll come back to work and I'll rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat because that's what I want to do. I want to burn out because that's how I want to be when a person is unwell. And I think we've got to respect that in people uh, rather than telling them, you shouldn't. Well, why not? Maybe we're even allowed to be burnt out. Isn't that okay? Okay, life can be crazy. You're feeling like you're sinking. Just trying to find a meaning. It's time for better thinking. Yeah, better thinking. Time to tune in. Let's go. Hey there, Better Thinking listeners. My name is String Nikolic. I am Nesh's brother and the podcast manager here. Uh, this episode is a little bit different because we have Nesh uh, being interviewed and he's being interviewed by Mary Andreas, who is a, a provisional psychologist from Melbourne and how it came about is Mary reached out to us uh, because she has her own um, she has her own blog and she's a very good writer and she wanted to interview Nesh and uh, and then write an article based on it, or write articles based on it and Nesh and I spoke about it and we thought, well, why don't we record the conversation? So rather than um, uh, Nesh, and, Nesh and Mary are going to spend the 45 minutes to an hour regardless, so why don't we record it and release it as a podcast episode and see how it goes. So this is a, this is a test and we'll be doing it uh, at this stage probably once a month. It looks like one, uh, once a month where Mary will interview Nesh on different topics. So I hope you enjoy it and, um, and I'm sure that please give Mary a lot of support this is her first time interviewing and i think she's uh she's done a great job and i think she did a much better job than nesha's first time interview so and mary i know you'll be listening to this well well done for the for the first one and i'm sure it's going to get better as we go along so this episode is on and i did listen to it but i took some notes here so if, uh, if you're listening to it on audio you're probably hearing some scrunching that's me with a with a paper uh, Nesha, Nesha Mary, uh, the topic of discussion is stress and bird, burnout, what it is, and uh, they talk a lot about coping strategies, so uh, both worker-related stress and other, uh, uh, other points of stress, whether it's in the workplace or in uh, other parts of your life. So hope you enjoy it and look out for uh, the next episode with Mary, which will be in about a month and in between. We're back to the normal episodes where Nash is interviewing really cool people. Mary, it's great to have you on the podcast and in some sense quite different for me because my understanding of today is you're going to be asking most of the questions of me rather than me interviewing, you're interviewing um, me. It's something that, that uh, we've discussed to do as a bit of a, a change in, in, in the podcast. Um, so I really appreciate you taking the time to, to do this and, and um, you know, to discuss you know, all topics, psychology and, and, and starting with a little bit of stress and burnout as, as topic number one um, in between the other, the other episodes that we do. So um, welcome to the show and maybe you're going to be wel- welcoming me to the show. Yeah, thanks, Nesh. It's um, it's really great to to be here, and um, like you said, it's a bit of a a different um different way of going about the podcast. So I'm excited to see where this conversation leads us. 
Fantastic. Before we get started, maybe you can just talk a little bit about, um, I'm already taking the interview aside, but uh, maybe you can uh, uh, talk a little bit about yourself um, and kind of, I suppose, how you found yourself in the, in the interest of, you know, psychology and, and uh, you know, how this has all come about. Yeah, sure. Um, so I've had an interest in psychology since I was very young. I think it was about the age of 14. Um, I discovered a passion for it and um, I've been lucky enough to have that passion be maintained. Um, and so I've um, studied at university. I've completed my bachelor and honours degree and I'm currently doing my master's degree um, in order to attain my full registration as a psychologist. So I'm currently a provisional psychologist. So a psychologist in training, um, as we kind of call it at, at university. Um, and I'm really excited to see where that path leads me. Um, and I also have a blog that I write. Um, at the moment, I'm writing fortnightly blogs. And um, I suppose they're on topics similar to the ones we'll be discussing, um, just all things psychology. Um, it's a really nice way for me to learn more about the topics that I'm interested in um, and make sure that the information I have is current. Um, and I suppose that's sort of how um, this podcast came to be. Um, me stumbling upon your content and, and reaching out and realizing the similarities that um, we had and that, you know, it might be a fun thing to do to, to kind of have a chat about these topics um, with another person in the field. Great. And obviously what we discuss will be turned into a blog um, that will be posted on, on our respective sites. So um, it's probably useful for yeah. people to know where they can find that material on your blog if you give that a little bit of a plug. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, so I have a blog called Mind Intertwined and the um, link to that is mindintertwined.com. Um, and the idea behind that was that our minds are intertwined with every aspect of our lives, um, whether it's social, occupational, physical, psychological, everything. So um, that's where that kind of um, idea came from. So mindintertwined.com. Fantastic. Let's get started and get into uh, you know chewing the fat together, so to speak, and and, and talking about stress and burnout. I, I believe is our first topic. Um, so yep. maybe over back over to you to to get that yeah. started. Sure. Um, so I thought maybe we could start by having a bit of a chat about what stress and burnout actually are, and maybe some of the differences between um, being stressed and being burnt out. Yeah. Look, it's a, it, it, it's a I think it's a that in and of itself is a big question. We're, we're, we're trying to figure out what are the differences um, or how do we measure what stress is, how do we measure what uh, you know burnout is, what are the metrics. And, and I think whenever we start looking at metrics, it's always a complicated um, uh, space to, to look at. And I think just, just trying to hash it out a little bit, I think if we talk about stress, in some sense, it's the experience that human beings have uh, when pressure, um, demands, uh, requirements are placed on them, whether it be externally or internally, um, and they feel a sense of requirement to fulfil those and so there's a there's a tension that kind of builds up and that tension we often call as stress um, so it's it, it, it's almost in some sense this relationship that we have with the world and and how we relate with the world tends to then um, cause that experience between um, how much tension there is in that rope um, mm. and that we call you know more or less stress 
Uh, and I think I think you know they can also talk about stress and you know, from a more biological perspective as well. You know, if I were to break my leg, um, there would be a stress in my body, uh, which also you know biologically I need to go and repair all of that. Um, and I think we have to also try and acknowledge that there is a uh, you know a, a strong correlation or a connection between those two, where if my some of my resources are going towards repairing my leg, I'm going to be mm. more stressed. Um, you know. Above and beyond the stress of now, my mobility has changed. Mm. The, the stress of change, the stress of the desire of wanting something but not being able to obtain that, or you know, the stress of being patient. I want mm. that to you know heal and repair and, and and so on quickly. So there's all sorts of different types of things that we would call you know stress. I like to kind of think about in terms of you know tension in the rope. Um, you know how how we kind of hold on to something, whether we're able to you know ob- obtain that, get that, achieve that, or whether it's something that um, you know we kind of hold a little bit gentler. I think if we talk about uh, burnout and and how that plays into into this, to me it seems like burnout is is an experience that relates to ongoing, persistent, and consistent stress. So when someone sits in a situation, a context that feels, you know, persistently burdensome, difficult, you know, with lots and lots of tension. Um, the word burnout is all it's almost like the person burns out but i don't think it's about a person burning out and that you know they're they're now broken i think it's it's we get tired of doing something ongoingly and uh when we don't enjoy something and we're just doing it over and over and over and over we tend to uh i, I, I suppose feel disheartened dis- disheartened around how life might look and what it what it does look like and how it might look like in the future and we stop caring we stop connecting we we kind of start switching off potentially even dissociating um you know obviously we'd have to clarify that a little bit um what that means but you know we we, we'd be in a space where we start resigning ourselves to the how awful life is um, because it's constant um uh, overwhelming sort of uh, uh pain that is not going to go away. At least that's what it feels like. And so we just start feeling tired and we start dragging our feet, um, which means we probably get a bit more avoidant of responsibilities or, um, you know, disengaged to try and cope. Um, So I think, you know, maybe stress is kind of like the experience that we have in that moment that's immediate, the the, the, the tension in the rope, and maybe burnout is more about the length of time um, and how persistent that is without, without a break. Um, mm. uh, and I think each of us have different ways of, of what a break means to them. You know, for some people, a weekend might be a break. For another person, you know, uh, uh, two weeks might not still be a break. Um, it, it just depends on the context of what, you know, um, the working life might look like. Mm, yeah, I think that's really interesting. Um, and it really appears that, both stress and burnout are very um, multifaceted and it's not just, you know, for example, um, work that may lead to stress or burnout. Um, And what you're talking about with stress um, and sort of it being, you know, maybe that sort of, you know, short-term kind of experience, um, I think it's also really interesting to think about um, stress in a positive way. So so you stress, um, you know, which is sort of 
um, that positive experience of stress that we might get before um, before an exam or before doing a podcast or, um, you know, before, um, you know, running a race um, in which we're, we're, we're quite stressed and, you know, um, but it sort of is motivating us um, in a positive way to, um, you know, do the best that we can rather than kind of crippling us and um, giving us that sense of, you know, I just don't care anymore and this is just too much. Um, so depending on where we kind of fall on that spectrum of stress, um, it can actually be a positive experience um, at times. Um, and I suppose when it when it gets to the more negative, um, you know, experiences, it's sort of, I guess, tipping over to that distress um, kind of, you know, um, way of way of feeling, way of thinking, um, and that's when it can become quite crippling and quite anxiety provoking. Um, and I suppose also when we're stressed, um, you know, I, I guess anxiety probably does go hand in hand um, a lot of the times with that stress. And when we are feeling stressed, we might be feeling very um, kind of have a sense of urgency um, or kind of be sort of overreactive um, in a way to our current stresses. Um, and I suppose with burnout, um, the way I kind of view burnout is that sort of uh, might tip over into, you know, more of that hopelessness, loss of motivation, exhaustion, um, I think is a really big one with burnout. Um, and you know, whereas when we're stressed, we might feel, you know, hyperactive and not hyperactive, but sort of, you know, hot, you know, wanting to to act upon something. Um, when we're feeling burnt out, we might just not even care anymore. Everything might feel like a chore to us. Um, and and I feel that with burnout, a lot of the the ways that it kind of presents itself, a lot of the symptoms um, do seem to be sort of correlated with with depression. So that you know. Um, just feeling loss of motivation and exhaustion and, you know, sadness and feeling like, you know, getting out of bed in the morning is a struggle. Um, it seems that those two are sort of, of correlated with, whereas that might not be the case so much when we're experiencing stress. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, uh, the one thing that we can, I suppose, pull apart in those two, two spaces is that, it's very easy to go and recognise burnout as being unhelpful, that the, the, this ongoing experience of you know, pressure and demand, you know, responsibilities that, that that's endless ongoing and, and we don't have any reprieve from it, that obviously, you know, leads to, you know, maybe feelings of, you know, depression, hopelessness, you know, feeling flat, detached. You know, it comes there. They're all things that most people would agree are, you know, unhelpful. As where the stress side is that immediate experience, and there's there's many important things about stress, and I think stress gets in an awful rap. You know, it it, it it's in some sense uh, associated with being negative, uh, as though stress is this bad bad idea and i i think that's absurd because stress uh, the, the moment we become avoidant of stress or or we call stress wrong um we're going to live in a really difficult life because life is stressful life has lots of demands and, and in actual fact a lot of things that we might want to strive for desire want is going to require a hell of a lot of stress and 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 you know, if, if we can go out and recognise that stress isn't evil, stress isn't the the um, you know the devil that we're going to get it get rid of. Um, in actual fact, stress is just called a part of everyday you know life. You know, getting out of bed requires stress. You know, stress on your bones. You know, stress in your mind to overcome 
inertia to create momentum to get out of bed because you're feeling you know tired because you've just woken up you know the stress of temperature changes you know the stress of thinking about what's ahead in the day the stress of not having a desire met you know whether it's in your mind or in 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 reality Uh, but i think the more we can uh, adopt a position of taking stress, um, not necessarily having to enjoy it, but 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 certainly accepting it and making room for it. And and, and um, you know, for me, if I if I think about it, uh, th- there are so many parts of my life that I personally get satisfaction. The more stressful it is, you know, the harder something is, the bigger the job something is, the the more effort that goes into it, the more fulfilled I feel. And I think uh, that maybe connects a little bit with my values, um, you know, because I take a bit of pride in uh, doing things that are hard, doing things that, that, that require determination, that require effort, that require, you know, blood, sweat and tears. Um, that, that kind of drives me. Uh, and so, you know, stress to me tells me I'm going in the right direction. Uh, and you know, at the same time, um, there's plenty of times where I, I I do get to that point where I'm exhausted. You know, that it's it's almost like being on that knife's edge of uh, stress that I enjoy, um, and feeling kind of tired because I need a break. And I, and I, I think most of us, in some sense, are playing this this this. Uh, game of scales about you know when do i need some time off um you know when 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 would it be favorable to put in extra effort even though i'm already feeling maxed out um and you know i know, I know psychologists we we we're, we're we're such a compassionate you know bunch and we we we're very kind of self-care orientated and that sort of sort of stuff and you know I, i'm not always I'm not always convinced that that is the the the, the way to go um, because I, I just meet so many people in in the practice who uh, uh, I can see that they will also, they would benefit from some some self care and pulling back and I I also see many that would benefit from uh, some really strong committed action and and uh, putting in uh, effort that's going to require. Or, or provide more stress, um, and I've seen you know, in both cases there being efficacy in, in in you know outcomes about someone either taking the pressure off or turning the pressure on, um, mm-hmm. and I think it's just about you know shifting that contextually uh, rather than saying one's right one's wrong um, because context will always shift, and I know that in my own world um, you know there's plenty of times where. You know, advice will come my way, which is, oh, you need to slow down, Nish. And it's like, no, no, right now I need to speed up. You know, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm feeling absolutely smashed. I'm broken. Um, I, I, I uh, need a huge rest. But what I actually need to do is hook in some more. Now, maybe I'm being naive. Maybe, maybe I can't see something. Maybe, maybe loved ones around me see it clearer than I do. But, uh, um, you know, I, I think contextually is, is 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 the bigger question than you know is stress good or bad. Um, I'd probably say neither. Um, it, it, it's just this you know how much tension is there in the rope. Um, and mm. you know at least we get to choose. Yeah, 
where we want that tension to be and for what reason do we want that tension to be mm. there um, and that that I think is you know one of those ultimate you know act questions uh, mm. about you know willingness of, of having tension in our lives uh, and and you know for what reason you know what's what, what's mm. the value um, so that that makes sense to me mm. yeah I think that's really interesting that point about um, stress sort of being a, a motivator and I suppose um, a lot of the times when we are feeling stressed it's because something's important to us um, and that's important to remember as well if, if we're not um, feeling, you know, an element of stress, you know, towards, you know, a, a job interview, um, then maybe we don't really, you know, care so much about that job or, you know, some, a big project um, that's coming up. Um, it's healthy to feel an element of stress. It's just about, I think, um, being aware of when that stress um, is sort of tipping over into that distress um, kind of end of the spectrum um, and sort of, you know, checking in with ourselves and, and knowing, you know, um, is this something that, you know, is, is actually motivating me or is this something that's actually causing me great amounts of anxiety? Um, you also mentioned um, something about the people in sort of the healthcare field um, and, you know, in particular psychology where we are so compassionate um, and we are so, you know, willing to kind of almost sometimes sacrifice our own kind of, you know, needs around, you know, perhaps putting boundaries in place um, at work um, to kind of be there for others and, and provide a service, um, you know, to our clients or to, you know, our, our co-workers or our, you know, team leaders. Um, and, and that sort of makes me wonder if, um, if, if certain people are more prone to burnout than others. And I thought maybe we could have a bit of a chat about that. Yeah, definitely. I think I think um, there's a clear answer of absolutely yes. You know, I mm. I think there would have to be huge differences around uh, uh, not only people who are prone to burnout, but also people who are prone to taking on commitments uh, and the volume of commitments that therefore might place greater demand and greater strain. Uh, pressure in that rope and so I don't think that that there's a certain person Um, there probably would be some categories that I haven't gone out and researched and and, and looked at maybe you know maybe people who are high high in conscientiousness or um, something like that might might mean that people are trying to you know meet more to do, you know, list items and they're doing a whole lot more delayed gratification. They're, mm. um, you know, task-focused, orientated towards, you know, uh, completion and getting things done. They're highly industrious and so on mm. and so forth. Those things might mean that someone's continually grabbing more and more, you know, ropes and there's, there's greater and greater tension over, over time and, you know, we kind of see high achievers uh, end up doing lots and lots and lots, and and um, that doesn't isn't a measure of uh, see achievement's a funny word, um, but we do tend to kind of go out and uh, uh, offer offer rewards for people who do lots of things, and so mm. and then we call them achievement. Maybe they're not achievement, but uh, we 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 do in life do do tend to give more to those who who, who um, I suppose work more, um, and, and 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 so maybe there is this urge that kind of builds up over time for people to be involved and and, and do more. And um, you know, you and I are probably 
high in conscientiousness. I'm just taking some guesses here, um, and we try and you know pack our days irrespective mm. of how you know full we are. And so maybe there is an element of being prone to at least placing that more on ourselves. Mm. But I think there's that other element about how much we've practiced uh, being able to sit with. With, with, with discomfort and maybe we talk about neuroticism now um, which is another trait where maybe neuroticism plays and I don't know but uh, maybe neuroticism plays in this space as well where if you've got high demands and you happen to be born you know with with high levels of neuroticism you might feel lots of worries and stress and emotional discomfort um, around lots of different things and the more balls that you have the more stressed you actually feel and experience, you therefore could potentially be experiencing more than your counterpart who's doing the exact same things as you. Um, and so I think, you know, there, there is something to say around resilience and there's certainly something to say around, you know, the practice of, of, of resilience and how we go out and take on uh, stress in, in the amount of times that we've done it, what sort of stress we've experienced and the like. And I mean, one of my, one of my favorite experience, well, not favorite, my apologies, but one of my um, uh, uh, enjoyable experiences in life that I've had comes from being in the army. And so once upon a time, I, you know, donned on the, uh, the uh, uh, Australian slouch hat, you know, as the, as the, uh, you know, (laughs) an army member and went through their, you know, recruit course, Work actually went through twice, uh, one through uh, Reserve Army and then after that through General uh, Army. And, and I'll tell you what, my, my experience of, of stress in those places, it was, it, was, it was quite significant. But in some sense, it, it, it was something that I was expecting was going to be a whole lot worse than it was. So my expectation of stress was much greater. And, and you know, I was a young man and so I was, I suppose, in some sense naive. Um, but I was expecting that when I, you know, uh, rock up in that in that bus for that first day, we'd all be marched out. And I, I, uh, I say naive because I actually thought they were going to, you know, the instructors were going to, you know, spit on us, were going to punch us, <laughs> were going to, yeah. you know, hit us, that we were going to get, you know, beaten around and, you know, beaten in shape. Um, that was what, how my mind was working back back then. And so I was expecting the absolute worst. Uh, I came to find that um, they don't do anything um, uh, of, of that whatsoever. Um, maybe it's different if you're in the SAS. I don't know. I don't know how that, that world works. But um, uh, they don't do anything. They, they, they just yell at you. Um, and and it's actually not that stressful, you know. They they just scream as loud as they can, and they ask you to scream back, saying yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Um, and there's kind of this natural uh, style of communication that you have to adopt, and that's all you got to do, and everything's kind of fine. And they just ask you to do things quickly, um, and you just do things quickly. Um, but at the same time, you know, I had conscientious parents, so maybe I. Uh, experienced a lot of this in life and so I found that quite easy Um, and maybe because I've got an obsessive compulsive style about me as well I found it easy to you know fold underwear and iron them in this perfect order because you know it's it's not too odd for me to kind of see everything neat and tidy because you know mum did this amazing job of being you know mum and housekeeper and the rest and so I had lots of lots of modelling 
So I think there's lots of aspects about how we experience it and what what contributes and and expectations and the like. And, you know, at at the flip side, there were quite a number of trainees at the time or recruits that were were called um, that didn't make it. They, They found the experience of stress overwhelming and... Um, put their hand up to leave because it was all too much. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't make them you know, better or worse, right or wrong. Uh, it just means that the army is not for them. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, if you're placed in that level of stress in real-time war, we need people who will sustain a level of stress, you know. And, you know, we, we might call that resilience. Uh, but once again, resilience has this funny connotation around it as though high resilience is good. And mm. low resilience is bad, and 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 once again, the, there's problems in language. You know, the the relational frame theory tells tells a big story around that, uh, that that causes lots of conflict because we're we're using metrics, you know, of of, of right, wrong, good, bad, um, and resilience has become good somehow, um, mm. and and you know, the opposite of resilience is has somehow turned into weak. Um, and, and so it, it's hard, these conversations are hard to have because there is so much that can be, you know, um, difficult to tread on. You know, this is where we get into that PC world of, you know, how do you say something? You know, I've, I've, yeah. I'm not allowed to say resilient or, you know, we, we're going yeah. to crazy, a, a, a wild world of, of, of um, you know, semantics and madness and measuring and, and craziness. So, um, you know, that's why I like the the platform of, 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 of podcasts so we can have a, a robust conversation and, and look at things deeply and, and change our minds. You know, the, mm-hmm. uh, nothing's right nor wrong. It, it's a deeper conversation, something hopefully a little bit more sophisticated in thought that you can kind of just generate and, and go with it. So uh, there's lots of elements that I think bring about both stress and, 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 and burnout and, and a lot of that is within ourselves. There's mm-hmm. certainly uh, – propensity for some people to experience more stress um, and we can see that you look around your life and you see there are friends we've all got friends who you know and I'll, I'll be a bit cheeky but they're madly stressed right you know they're they're just constantly worrying and they're constantly got a whole lot of you know general concerns and 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 so on and and then sometimes we go well, I don't see those concerns but that doesn't mean that's right and you know and they're wrong We've just got different things, um, so and we're all we're all sort of built a bit different. So, um, yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's um, a really valid point that you bring up. That certain experiences, one person might experience the exact same situation as another, like you in the army, and have totally different experiences. Where one person feels, you know, stressed and potentially even burnt out by that experience, and the other person feels like no, I can handle this. This is actually fine. Um, and I, I also agree. I feel like personality um, does play a role in our sort of how, how prone we are to feeling stressed and burned out. Um, an interesting point about conscientiousness, um, and, and I'd have to say I think I agree on that one. Um, a lot of people who are conscientious tend to be quite achievement-driven and, and perfectionistic and um, kind of hold themselves to such a high standard and um, you know, at, at the more extreme spectrum, it's sort of, you know, that almost takes over one's identity um, a lot of the time. And, you know, you are this person who who is, um, you know, just nailing it in all aspects of life and, um, you know, achieving and, you know, whatever achieving means, but, you know, reaching one's goals and working towards them. Um, 
And so I think it can be particularly difficult for these people when they, um, if they experience burnout, um, because all of a sudden, you know, that, that motivation is gone and they're not able to, uh, to perform at that, that level. Um, so I think that's really important um, to remember and potentially something for those conscientious people to kind of be aware of um, as they're entering, you know, not just the workplace, uh, workplace but, um, you know, all, all aspects of life. Um, I also wonder... And to also if- be able to see some flags for it. You know, I, I know mm. my, my personal flags myself is avoidance. The moment I start avoiding emails, avoiding some of my responsibilities, uh, I know that I'm not enjoying life anymore. Mm. I'm seeing things as a burden and I'm disconnecting and I'm probably more of a grouch at home. Uh, I'll have to invite my wife to, to come into the show to, to um, <laughs> probably explain some of that. I, I, I don't think I'm as, as, as good a company. I'm as good as, you know, father. Not that I'm trying to measure that and, and look at that imperfection, but looking at my general when I'm in a better balance versus, you know, when I'm not and I can I, – for me, the flag, a lot of my flags are in avoidance. You know, I, I can just see myself going, oh, I'm leaving that to the next day. I'm, I'm just not motivated and, and I'm stopping to care of the importance of that that once did and not in a way that I'm kind of like, it's not important. It's just like it is important, but I don't care. Mm, and I think that's interesting about how it, it kind of has that spillover effect. Um, so if, you know, we, we are feeling very burnt out, um, you know, and, and say that that's sort of attributable to work and you know the demands of work um we you know to to an extent before it sort of reaches that that extreme point we might actually still be performing at work but we might be getting home and sort of you know crashing on the couch um you know as soon as we get home at 5 30 p.m or we might sort of you know be feeling a little bit more um irritable towards our loved ones our families our, our children our partners um so it's important to remember that you know even if we are still performing and we are still getting things done there's other sort of flags to to kind of be aware of um and that potentially could be you know within our relationships um or even you know within our own mental health we might be you know replying to our emails and and seeing our clients um but we might just be feeling burnt out um and and i think um on that on that topic um and you know sort of speaking about people in the healthcare fields um one flag might be um that we're actually feeling less compassion so you know for example um psychologists are generally quite compassionate people um and if we find ourselves kind of you know dreading seeing that client because the client is just you know we already know what's going to happen it's going to be such a draining session um that might be very out of character for us and we might you know that might be a flag and we might pull ourselves up and go hang on a second um, you know, I wasn't feeling like this a month ago, two months ago. Um, what, what's sort of causing this shift? Um, and I think that can so, sort of be a bit unsettling for, for people, particularly in that, that healthcare profession, because we are so, you know, compassionate and wanting to help people. And when we're sort of in that state, um, those, those that kind of disappears. Um, so I think that's another another kind of, you know, flag to be aware of. Yeah, and it it almost also raises another question around, you know, burnout from a particular context or burnout with a particular person. Mm. You know, in, in, in psychology, you know, just, just thinking about it out, out aloud, I think as a psychologist we've got to 
also try and recognize when am I starting to switch off with this particular client? You know, we'd, we'd like to say, no, 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 I'm, I'm always attentive and I'm giving all of my clients this, this you know, wonderful service. And, and the, 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 the truth is, I think we're genuine in, in trying to do that. And then there are times where we lose our spark or we lose our, our um, focus. We might, you know, be starting to feel a little bit burnt out ourselves with, you know, whether it be a particular conversation, whether it be with a particular type of presentation, a client, um, you know, we might be lost for places to go. You know, we, we, we lose innovation um, in our practice rather than going out and getting maybe some more supervision or professional development or, you know, looking at the clinical presentation in a different perspective. You know, there, there's a lot of things that need to be kind of considered and, and to be able to also have that, that uh, insight about, you know, when do I potentially refer on or do I need to re-explore this and, and, and take a second look because this is actually something that's happening inside me, not the client. Mm. Uh, mm. And, you know, I can go out and develop and, and, and become a better psych as well. I think burnout comes in in all sorts of, you know, spaces. I think we often talk about burnout as though it's a workplace thing, um, mm. but I think it can be with people we can be with contexts uh you know we, we we see probably a lot of athletes um you know being very specific about burnt out in you know my particular sport and uh, it's no different to us that uh, don't have a sport but we still get paid for a particular job um you know i think if we if we look at uh Tomic, um, the, the Australian Thomas, uh, Australian tennis player. Um, oh look, I don't know if he's burnt out, but uh, he certainly seems disinterested from what you see on television. Um, and it might be that he's burnt out, that that he's kind of a bit tired and sick of you know the pressure and the demands and the rest of it. But you know, he still pays him an income, so. You know, a lot of people are in that space where they have to go out and still maintain an income, um, but they're struggling in the workplace. You know, it could be relationships that, 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 that feel, you know, very tiresome and that we stop you know, caring in those uh, as well. So burnout, I think, more most traditionally and commonly is a, is a term that's synonymous with, with a workplace, mm. but maybe less considered in other, other, other areas. Mm, yeah, I think that's a really important point to bring up. Um, on that on that topic of, of workplace and, you know, we were talking a bit about conscientiousness, um, I, I feel that a lot of the people in healthcare fields as well um, tend to also be quite agreeable um, and we, you know, we, we, we care about feelings and we want to be, you know, helpful to people. And I feel that being agreeable and being conscientiousness, um, if we're sort of high on both those traits, might also um, predispose us to burnout potentially. Um, we might be getting more clients and keep saying yes, 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 yes. Um, and, you know, we're conscientious, so we want to do a good job with those clients. And we want to, you know, help as best as we can. Um, so we keep saying yes, we keep trying really hard, and, and that could also be a recipe for burnout. Um, and I suppose even that, you know, sort of sense of agreeableness might even play out in our relationships as well, where we might get home and then feel exhausted that, you know, we've, we've organized dinner with our best friends and we have to go. And instead of it being this really enjoyable experience, we're actually feeling incredibly drained and all we wanted to do was sleep. And, and now this is kind of spilling over into other aspects of our lives as well. Um, I think that's an important point that you bring up that, you know, often when we think of burnout, we often think of, you know, the workplace and, you know, 
um, high demands and um, all of that, that uh, there are definitely other factors that we need to consider, um, you know, in, in terms of, you know, um, what might cause us to burn out. And I think relationships are a big one. Um, and also um, if we have caring responsibilities, I think that can be a really big one as well. If, if we're kind of juggling being a carer, whether that's, you know, um, to our children or, you know, to, to a loved one with a disability, um, you know, add work on top of that, add relationship stresses on top of that. And, and that's a really big um, recipe for, for burnout potentially. Um, so it's not just just one thing and it's not just the workplace um, that can cause it. Um, and th- there's, there's so many different factors we need to be aware of. And um, often, you know, there's sort of um, a bit of a, a bi-directional relationship, I feel, um, especially in things like relationships and also in the workplace um, in which, you know, relationship stress might lead to burnout, but also being burnt out might lead to relationship stress and, and same with the workplace and the workplace might lead to burnout, but feeling burnt out in other areas of our lives um, may lead us to kind of feeling like we're losing motivation um, in our workplace. Um so I think it's important to be aware of that as well and that, you know, it can really have this spillover effect into other areas of our lives. It's kind of really hard to determine which which way it's going. I think there's a tendency of saying the greater the tension, the more likely the burnout without considering that resilience factor. Mm. And, and And so I think so often... Uh, from our psychological, I suppose, space and being compassionate alike, that tendency of uh, assuming that it needs to be something that we've got to reduce uh, is the most reasonable, it's the most logical thing to go out and look at. If, If someone appears to be, you know, busy and no longer enjoying themselves when it might actually be a balanced thing rather than a busy thing uh, and, and, and so there's this, there's this kind of tricky nuanced space around where is this coming from and it can also be I think even an expectation thing because I know that quite often with the work that I do with with clients often seeing a different perspective uh, in the world can shift the experience of stress too and so all of a sudden something that once was stressful might be more accepted and therefore reduce tension in the rope and so all of a sudden it's the same context other than the perspective um so maybe we could call that a, a change in the context even though externally it looks the same but there's a lesser experience of tension and so we we can sometimes see that uh, our immediate thought might be, I've got too much on my plate, I therefore need to go out and reduce. I think that's foolish to, to, to assume that without giving some greater uh, consideration uh, because there can be lots of satisfaction that comes through someone being busy. It's just the way that they've gone out and arranged it or the responsibilities they've taken or the expectations that they've placed as to how that needs to occur. You know, those thought prisons of giving ourselves specific timelines or timeframes or ways in which things have to occur can all accumulate to greater tension in in the rope. Uh, so I think it's kind of hard as, as 
I think it's hard with ourselves and certainly with with clients to look at what might best serve them um, uh, where it might be a balancing act, it might be actually a reduction of responsibilities, it might be expectations that need to be explored, it might be more committed action that you know moves away from avoidance. It, it doesn't seem, at least in my mind, to be an approach that says if someone is feeling X, they should therefore do Y, even though on the surface it's often burnout is because people are doing too much. Um, I think it's much more complicated and, 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 and much more sophisticated than than that. And uh, we have to kind of look beyond beyond that because otherwise we're doing surface-level therapy and we're not considering the tension in the rope. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and where that's necessarily coming from. Um, a, a perfect example that I that often uh, well that, that comes to mind um, working working with uh, a, a, well quite a number of, of of clients. But when when we talk about things that they like to do, I'll just give an example of of someone. For example, might say I you know I've stopped going swimming mm-hmm. and. You know, I, I found that when I used to swim, I used to feel better, and so I'd like to get back into swimming and you know resume resume doing so. It, you know, it lets me kind of clear my mind, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's a you know, good behaviour, good action to do, and it's a proven thing that I've done in the past. It's like this all makes so much sense. In the application, though, they they schedule it in, and they uh, perform the task of getting there. Getting unchanged into their swimmers, going out and getting getting wet, doing X amount of laps, getting out, telling themselves down, getting changed, going back to work, and they feel the same. They still feel that it hasn't achieved anything yet. Prior, it gave a lot of uh, relief or, or balance, if we if we call it that. What's interesting is that sometimes when we when we pull this stuff apart. We actually find that it wasn't the swimming it, uh, that necessarily did the thing. It was the context that that mm-hmm. reduced the stress or that that tension, and and the context may have actually been that they used to go swimming and have a fifteen minute chat with some other participants or whatever it might be that they enjoyed that wasn't time limited that they could actually just sit there and they had to kind of they had no choice but to wait similarly i know that when i'm running late and i say to a client oh apologies i'm running late they they often say in actual fact it was lovely it was lovely just to sit there and do nothing um you know they're they're, they're kind of referencing that same experience and so the the context of doing nothing is 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 often important or or in actual fact to not have a set time and so sometimes when when we look at it i might recommend for some clients if it takes an hour to go swimming i would say book in two hours because you 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 actually to get the the joy out of it it might be and obviously you got to experiment with this and try but it might be that you need to be able to towel off without rushing and to have a bit of a yarn with someone on the way out and then kind of look at your watch and go, oh, 
I've still got 40 minutes to go and I don't need to be anywhere for 40 minutes. And it might be that I then, you know, park the car and I get myself a coffee. And the coffee doesn't need to be you know, consumed within record time. Yeah. And so there, there's a whole context that goes with that, which isn't actually about swimming. It's about how we go out and we run our days. And I, I think there's a more nuanced kind of consideration in there to look at the difference between, you know, the pressures that are occurring and how we have systematically or mechanically put that into our calendars um, mm. to produce what, what what's going to be high tension um, all the time. And um, it might be that it's worth doing so in some parts of your life and it's not worth doing, not worth doing so in other parts. I just don't know what that balance is for each person because we're all unique. Uh, but but I, I I think there is just so much involved in that space about how I'm doing it, why I'm doing it, what's the experience giving me back. Because I really don't care whether a client wants to go swimming or whether they want to go have a quiet coffee or whether they want to go to the library or whether they like meditation. Uh, but I tell you what, meditation that you race to and you – do your meditation and you run back to your car and you scream across town to get back to whatever your other other uh, responsibility is, that is not really serving the point, you know. And, and, and so all of a sudden people can say, I'm doing meditation, it's not working. Um, yeah, maybe technically you are attending classes. I don't know if you've got the message yet, you know. It, mm. it, it might take many more courses uh, to go to until the penny drops that it's not about you sitting quietly observing thoughts and then racing around the rest of your life uh, <laughs> that it might yeah. actually be something you could take outside of that and and and, and give more time so i think there's the, there's this complexity there, there there's real complexity about how we do stress you know how how we experience stress how we relate with with the world um, and almost everything in life I think has a stress point because it's it's a context in our mind and we've got a relationship with it. Mm. I mean, I, I can tell you just, just looking here, you know, holding up this, uh, this water container, I have this conscientiousness that, that, that that's mad because I've got this obsessive compulsive sort of space. Um, and I say that obviously all lightheartedly, but when there is fingerprints on there, I don't like it. You know, to me it represents yeah. dirtiness and I shouldn't be pouring a glass of water for my clients from a dirty um, uh, uh, container. And interestingly, I've got to come to learn to live with that anything that you place your hand on is going to leave fingerprints, particularly glass. So if I can't go and reconcile that, that's going to be a stress point. And so the nice thing is, you know, you can kind of look at this, explore it, play with it, juggle it, have a bit of a laugh with it, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, put it on the table as I am right now so that it has less power over us. Because for me, there's an infinite number of things that I would like to be done and you know, it could be could mean that I'm a control freak, um, or it could mean that the mind is telling me so often about all these tiny little intricacies, 
And my job is to let a lot of those pass so that mm. I don't feel so stressed. Because uh, mm. if I do everything that the mind tells me to do, I'm screwed. I'm done. Yeah. I'm 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 going to be burnt out in 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 you know six weeks straight, and I'm 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 done because there's an infinite number of spaces I could go if I follow the mind. And so, I think it's about learning about ourselves to to recognize how do I do stress, and and I have to kind of say it's it's me doing it. Um, it, 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 it's not the world. Um, I'm not saying that the world doesn't place or ask questions of me and say, Nish, it would be good if you could or these are the repercussions if you don't. But I get to choose that. I think we get to choose repercussions. And, you know, that whole adage of you can't have your cake and eat it too, um, that's there for a reason. You know, we, we often say I want X but I don't want the stress. Uh, it's like, hmm. <laughs> maybe there is some management in, in, in that space and maybe there's not. Maybe we have to kind of let some things be. And so, you know, I don't want to be a practicing monk, so I'm willing to go out and uh, have a lot of things that I wrestle with, but I don't want to wrestle with everything, so I'm going to have to practice some uh, letting go of the rope in these contexts so it's it's just the space of, of the way i want to live and so mm. i think if we could be deliberate about how we do life then we've got more of a chance of managing how we do stress and how we do burnout whether we get to that point um, and whether we choose it because sometimes some people might choose to say i'm going to get to burnout because there's something bigger that i'm willing to do and mm. you know here's an example of carers burnout Right, we call about as carers fatigue. You know, well, guess what? If someone in my life is really, really unwell, I'm going to do it. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I, I don't care if it means I'm getting three hours sleep. I will be there at the hospital and sit there, even though I'm doing nothing to help medically. I will sit there, and then I'll go and I'll sleep for three hours, and then I'll come back to work and I'll rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, because. That's what I want to do. I want to burn out because that's how I want to be when a person is unwell. And I think we've got to respect that in people uh, rather than telling them you shouldn't. Well, why not? Maybe we're even yeah. allowed to be burnt out. Isn't that okay? Yeah, yeah. I think that's really interesting. Um, and even that concept around, you know, say swimming and meditation, which – um, you know, might even be strategies that people might um, tell you to do when you are feeling burnt out can actually, you know, kind of make it even worse. Um, and if we're, you know, we're kind of saying, you know, exercise is great and, you know, you should be going to the gym and, you know, running and all of that, um, you know, of course, exercise has great benefits and could be very beneficial to your stress and to feeling burnt out. But if we're scheduling in that hour workout and we're going there straight from work and we're just, you know, following the set routine and we're feeling stressed the whole time we're doing it, we're coming out and we're still feeling stressed, well, maybe something needs to change, um, you know, and maybe we're not doing, you know, say we're doing meditation, um, it's not really working, maybe there's other factors that are coming into play there and maybe it's, it's not meditation that we should be doing, maybe it's an hour coffee with a friend. Um, and I think a lot of people might feel like, I'm doing everything right. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to the gym and I'm eating healthy and I'm, you know, going to, to do my meditation and all of that. And um, it's sometimes it's it's not so much about that. It's about the context in which we're doing it in and, you know, the reasons why we're doing it. 
as well, um, which you mentioned. Um, so I think it's it's very complex, and we're also so individual. It's it's very difficult to give um, you know just a list of of tips and strategies and and just generically hand them out to every person that's experiencing stress or burnout because. Um, our lives are all so complex and unique. Um, and that and- stuff drives me mad. That that stuff mm. drives me mad. And, and I know it's going to be around. I know it's all done in in in, in um, the right intent and, and so on. I just think it's really hard when we continue to go to Google and do you know the top ten tips for X. You know, and mm. whether it be you know, how to manage stress or whether it be, you know, burnout or the top 10 tips for relationships or God knows what. We lose the, we, we lose the nuance of thinking. And so we, we, we stop thinking and we just go, okay, if I go out and do, you know, six of the top 10 best listed God knows what, um, that it's going to feel better. And, and look, some of that might actually be valid and others might be absolute crap you know might be garbage because the intent is all wrong mm. and and in their lives the the biggest problem that uh i think we we go out and see is that there isn't sophisticated conversation thoughts given to what are the mechanisms at play and mm. and and that's why i mean i'm highly biased obviously being a psychologist i think psychology's got enormous amount to give <laughs> but it, it's because psychology in some sense is this fascinating, uh, fascinating job where you get to stop for an hour with someone mm. and spend time thinking about their life, the context, the mechanisms in which they're feeling discomfort, pain, stress, burnout, fatigue, and apply some considerations to running a new experiment as to how they can do it differently to recognize or to try and take feedback to see whether it can be done differently ongoingly um, or even better the nuances of why that's occurred in the first place so they can see it moving forward because life will shift and you know do some uh, interesting things to disguise the next event as being different when in actual fact in fact it's exactly the same it's the same mechanisms at play for example avoidance you know you know avoidance will be in in, in so many aspects will cause greater stress um as you say as, as you said it might be the avoidance of doing something or it might be the avoidance of saying no to doing something uh, mm. there's still going to be avoidance you know in, in, in plan if we can't see it i think we're going to keep you know smacking our heads against that wall, repeating it because we haven't learnt it. And so I think, I think the tips are great uh, mm. and, and they need to be understood and they need to be thought about and they need to be discussed, not just read and then applied. And, and uh, I think that's what psychology offers. It really does offer that opportunity to do that with someone who does that all day. You know, in, mm-hmm. in some sense, it's almost like we're philosophers, you know, like like we get to go out and have philosophical conversations about how someone's experiencing something and why um, that's individualized for each person rather than saying this is the way, you know, 
you must go out and experience it. We're just saying, how about this perspective? What it would look, what would it look like if you held it this way? You know, why are mm-hmm. we holding it so tightly? Where is it helpful to hold it tightly? Where is it unhelpful to hold it tightly? How might that change in the future? You know, where can you go out and apply yourself harder? Why has it been hard in the past to apply yourself harder? Where has it been easy to apply yourself? So on and so forth. There's an infinite number of places we can go, and I think psychology does that and i think it does it exceptionally well and it does it with an evidence base it does it with you know science in mind knowing that the science will give us a guide and then we apply it for each individual uh you know in a clinical way that we think is reasonable and and uh, uh driven by some sort of uh appreciation of one's history you know from the history taking maybe you know therapeutic consideration of their personality of the context of what of what the client actually wants in this moment rather than what we might want for them Um, or maybe even what we might want for them because we think it's clinically relevant so it's very very complex but i i I think we have an incredible opportunity to to do that with you know whether it be this this space of stress um or whether it be with, with, with anything else that we find stressful because things that we dislike, we often will, will say that we're stressed about it, which means I don't like it and I'm going to wrestle mm. with it. Uh, so the things that I don't like, I tend to wrestle. And the more things I don't like, daily hassles, um, the more stressed I am. And this is why people can just say, I just feel stressed. And like, what stresses you? Everything. Well, it just means <laughs> yeah. that. I'm not practiced at living in a world in that doesn't work the way I want it to work. And so when I drive on the road, I don't want there to be any other cars on the road. And when they're <laughs> yeah. there, I'm stressed. As a matter of fact, I'm more than stressed, I'm pissed off. And I want those idiots to get off the road because they shouldn't be there. And I don't want idiots to change lanes. And whenever Mm -hmm. they change lanes, I'm going to say they're cutting me off. Mm -hmm. That's called driving and someone going out and and wrestling with all human beings doing your stock standard run of the mill. And so life can be stressful in the way you hold it. And people get burnt out from the traffic. One of the reasons why I choose not to live in Sydney because – I like control and I like life to go the way that I want it to go. And when it doesn't, I get frustrated. So it's something that I have to continually work on. You know, so psychologists don't have the answers. We, we can just see it maybe um, because we spend time philosophically looking at it more often and therefore we're more likely to reduce that stress um, or make choices um, that are maybe reasonable um, that can be repeated within our lives so that we can live in that context. So I think we've got um, I think we've got a lot to say. Psychologists can 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 say a lot um, and help people uh, in tremendous ways to recognize what's going on um, so that we don't get to burnout or we choose to go to burnout and we accept it. That 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 you know I will become care fatigued because I choose to because this is my my son, my daughter, my mother, my partner, whatever it might be. Mm. 
Yeah, um, I totally agree. And I think, um, you know, we had a bit of a chat about those those tips that we often see when we Google, you know, 10 ways to reduce burnout um, and all of that. And I think a lot of those tips can be really useful starting points, um, you know. But, for example, taking a holiday might not be reasonable for everybody. You might not have the leave. You might have, you know, financial stresses. You might have young children that you can't yes. take with you. Um, and so, you know, while it's great and, you know, taking a holiday may potentially reduce your burnout, Um it doesn't necessarily work for everybody. And if the reasons you're burnt out, um, you know, are too deeply ingrained, um, you might get back from the holiday and just be faced with the same stresses again. And that burnout just comes right back or that stress comes right back. And um, Mary, that, that's spot on. You're, you're, you're 100% right there because if you're still wrestling with the traffic when you get home mm. from the holiday, what have you done? Hmm. And, you know, it might have been nice to have that break, but if we're not actually addressing the underlying reasons why we're experiencing this within the context of our own lives, um, then those those problems are likely to come, come right back. Um, and so I think it can be really disheartening when we feel like, well, I've tried everything. I, I took a week off work and I, you know, I went to the gym and I got enough sleep and I, I went to my meditation class and it hasn't helped. I still feel the exact same way. I still feel stressed. I still have no motivation. Um, and that's because those generic tips don't always work for everybody and everyone's lives are so unique. Although that doesn't mean that we should just give up because we've tried the top 10 tips and they don't work for us. It means we get to explore things a little bit deeply, you know, and, and maybe sleep isn't, you know, getting eight hours of sleep um, didn't help us. Um, but maybe, you know, there's something else that might. Maybe it's it's a matter of, you know, going out once a week with your friends for, for brunch or for a coffee. Um, there's so many different um, avenues that we need to explore and we need to be realistic about what can actually fit into our lives as well and also take into consideration our values. Like you were saying, if we have a loved one that's sick, um, we might acknowledge that, yes, I'm getting to a stage where I am overly stressed and maybe I'm even getting burnt out from this, but this is just way too important to me and I'm not going to, you know, while it might be great to go on a holiday and, and leave my loved one in the hospital for a week, I'm just not going to do that. Um, so it's about exploring what's actually realistic for us um, in the context of our own lives, responsibilities and values. Yeah. And I think uh, I think if we talk about tip sheets, you know, I'd, I'd love to see one which says, you know, tip sheet, you know, point number one, for managing or, or, or managing stress would be stop and think about and discuss with a friend why you're stressed. Uh, what is it that pisses you off about that? When did that start pissing you off? What is it about that that you are unwilling to live with? Why are you unliving, uh, unwilling to live with it? What is it that holds that how long has that been around for who taught mm. you that idea rule belief mm. where did yeah. you see that in others what would it be like if you held a different rule or questioned that rule or designed a rule that's more flexible etc 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 but we don't like thinking we don't mm -hmm. like this because thinking is painful. As a matter of fact, mm. you know, we go to psychologists, it's kind of crazy. I've got to pay someone to go and sit with me to think, right? Yeah. Because it's so much easier to just Google. And, and, and yeah. so I won't think. And, and, and I think, you know, I'm using the word think a bit too much now. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I think that it would be really helpful for people to put 
an emphasis and a value to thinking that we stop and consider whether it be with a psychologist or whether it be with a partner or whether it be with a friend, some of or these even, deeper um, potentially, questions. you know, journal writing um, and reflecting in exactly. our own time can be invaluable, yeah. Like it's, even it's, that's interesting because, you know, we you know, that, that would be a perfect tip for stress reduction, you know, write a journal. It's like, what? Mm. What do you mean write a journal? <laughs> I, I get it, but at the same time I'm like, what does that mean? You know, mm. maybe we could be a bit more sophisticated in – what we might put in that journal, you know, that that what might we write about? Because I tell you what, I don't think just writing about the day's events and who pissed us off is is the target that we would want, at least not as a psychologist, um, that we would want to be in that. I think we can do more with 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 just that. So when we see our oh, writer journal, it's like, well, what am I writing in there? Why am I writing in there? What what am I going to get from this? Um, and experiment with different things. Mm-hmm. And also um, acknowledge that, you know, journal writing might not be for you and your way of exploring might be to talk it out with a friend or to see yes. a psychologist or, you know, even just to engage in deep thought while you go for a run. Um, it's It's totally different for every person and those tips are great starting points. Um, but taken at face value, um, unfortunately, they don't always work for everybody and it can be really, really disheartening. So I think it's important to have conversations like these and remind people that these tips are not necessarily going to be, you know, the, the you know, the things that are going to fix everything for you. Um, everyone's so different. Our lives are so different. Our values are so different. Our responsibilities are so different. And we really need to sit with that and and consider what's actually best for us in the context of our lives. Mm. I think uh, maybe to summarise uh, some of what we've spoken about, it's kind of like trying to make space to have stress in our lives, to embrace stress, uh, similarly to reduce stress, which is kind of contradictory to one another, <laughs> uh, to practice having stress when it occurs knowing that it won't go away and practice relating to stress in a way that can both serve us and even practicing when it doesn't serve us so we know what that feels like too although most of us are probably doing that already Uh, (laughs) trying to you know create a nuanced appreciation and, and, and relationship with stress itself so that we get to choose how it's going to be in our lives so that we choose for it not to get to that point of burnout, which is more often than not something that we choose, uh, that we, we don't want to get to burnout and it's only rare that we might ever want to, but that would be pretty damn you know, uh, specific when we choose, I want to go out and and um, you know, take myself down, so to speak, because this principally this is what I want want to do and it's meaningful and important to me for whatever reason, like if I'm going to go out and, you know, be the martyr and sit next to someone in hospital, well, if you need to do that, We'll then go out and do that, but that's that. That's an extreme version. I think the rest of the rest of the time, you know, most of the time, we're not going to be choosing that. So I think, you know, let's explore. You know, I I, I would encourage uh, 
greater exploration, more sophisticated conversation around stress so that it's not just branded and labelled as bar- uh, terrible and bad and, and, and so on. So um, it's been, it's been uh, great talking. It's been great talking and uh, chewing the fat on stress and burnout. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I've, I've really enjoyed this chat. Looking forward to uh, many more topics. Uh, I'm not sure what we've got next, but uh, we'll figure that out. We won't stress over that too much. <laughs> we'll try not to. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Mary. If you enjoyed this podcast, please support it by going to iTunes and putting a review. Subscribe, share it via social media, and tell others about it. Start a conversation. It's listeners like you that make this able and possible and why we bring in these guests to go out and share their knowledge and resources and just lastly if you are a psychologist and you want to go out and be part of a bigger team develop your experience and get into some exciting work come to strategicpsychology.com.au forward slash careers and reach out i'd love to hear from you